Good morning, and uh, welcome to Poolsville Presbyterian Church. Uh, welcome to the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour, brought to you live by Poolsville Presbyterian Church, here deep in the heart of Emory County, Maryland's Agricultural Reserve. I'm Reverend David Williams, your host and pastor for the next little while, as we listen to some good Jesus music, we offer up some prayers, and we center ourselves down in the grace of the gospel. We're a little slow coming together this morning. Our apologies. The uh, uh, technical difficulty of trying to interface with Facebook through Chrome, and then that didn't work, and Firefox, and then that didn't work, and then back into Firefox again, and now it works. Yay! Um, The joys of this chaotic time when we really do wish things might be a little more solid around us. And it's that theme of solidity in scripture that we'll be exploring today as we play off of metaphors of rocks and stone and things that are foundational in our lives, all of which speaks to what gives us a sense of our integrity and our sense of being founded in ourselves. And Today we remember um, something that's foundational for so many of us, um, our worship diorama to Jane. Today, pulled together by Elder Jane, celebrates the fact that today is Mother's Day, where we all gathered in our sweet little sanctuary. We would be sharing flowers with the moms and asking everyone to raise their hands if they were a mom, or raise their hands if their mom was there, or raise their hands if they had a mom because we do, you know, that most of us are not robots. So we give thanks for our mothers today, for all that they do in our lives, for all the, the grace that they have offered unto us. We give, we give thanks for them. And as we give that thanks this morning, um, we're bringing forward a, a little bit more music. Uh, last week we also had technical difficulties which bumped a bunch of y'all out of worship so we're going to play again um, something called I Shall Wear a Crown which is a good beautiful bit of music Uh, we had started ourselves off this morning with For the Beauty of the Earth which was played by the PPC virtual tone chimes but let's rock it out a little bit let's uh, listen to I shall wear a crown. Well, we're getting feedback. I am certainly getting some lovely music here, but evidently y'all are not. Uh, which is just part of the joy of, uh, of trying to do things with systems that are a tiny bit chaotic. So I'm going to stop listening to this really excellent music, which you can't hear. Um, and we will... Uh, We'll try to carry on a little bit. Um, Let's uh, let's go to God in prayer, why don't we? Let's uh, let's go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God in this chaotic time, we know that your spirit moves us, in us, and works to transform us. We sense the growth of your spirit in moments here and there. Yet our lives are a cluttered thicket of other demands, demands that we listen to even as the spirit stirs. We have hunger for possessions that rises in us. Desire for power and success crowds out the light. 
unresolved angers and sorrows lay down deep roots. And those things choke out the life you're trying to create for us. We speak our hope for that life, but too often we forget to actually live it. For our inattention to our growth in grace, forgive us, Lord. In Christ's name, forgive us. Amen. Let's now hear about God's assurance of pardon. Mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we're forgiven. May the God of all mercy who forgives us all our sins strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. What we've been doing the last few weeks is surfacing a worship buddy on one of the folks, the little tiny stuffed animals who hang out and worship with the kids, keep them engaged. Um, what I'm going to suggest and pitch out now is uh, another of the buddies, but not just one from our sanctuary. Here, I'm going to set in front of y'all. He'll sit up. Hello, sir. There we go. Um, happy little beaver um, who spends time over in the uh, in Spear Hall where the kids play regularly. I found this little guy and I'm wondering if um, the kids have a chance to uh, to play. So what I think what I think we're going to do from here is um, make a little transition. If y'all can't quite hear the music, um, let's just go with the text for today. Um, and then we will uh, work our way through to other things for this next week. Um, we heard a couple of passages uh, that Pam had wonderfully read for us, um, which I'm going to read again because I don't think they were quite coming through for y'all. Um, so we'll go with three texts for today. Um, uh, Pam had done a delightful reading of the 31st Psalm, so let's listen to that for a moment. Um, this is Psalm 31, 1 through 5, and 15 through 16. Let's hear it again, as we may not have heard it before. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Don't let me ever be put to shame, and your righteousness deliver me. Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden from me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commend my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servants. Save me in your steadfast love. And then from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, verses 55 through 60. Let's listen to the writing of Luke as he writes in the Acts of the Apostles. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, Stephen said, 
I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. And a third scripture reading for today. 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 10. That's 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 10. Let's listen a third time for God's holy word. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to, be, to do. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations and the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here in this virtual space, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight, O our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I don't like chaos. This might come as a surprise to anyone who's ever seen the desk in the church office. But while that isn't exactly what you might call orderly, it is nonetheless true that I don't like entropy. I really don't like entropy. When things are swirling and tumbling and mess upon mess and you're never quite sure where things stand, it's hard to know whether you've got ground to stand on. You don't have any idea what to expect, no idea what might come next, no way to know how to respond to things. There are all kinds of places in life where an absence of chaos is important. And one of those, I think, one of the places where I really dislike unpredictability is a lifetime of motorcycling. I've not been motorcycling as much lately as I'd like. It's kind of hard to select the things to and from church that I need to. 
on the back of that bike. Uh, plus, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but my riding suit, after a month or so of snacking at home, just isn't fitting quite as well as it once did. But there's a, there's a lesson from motorcycling about what you want your foundation to be like. When you're riding on two wheels, you want the surface underneath you to be as predictable as possible. You want to know that when you lean way over into that turn, that the tiny little contact patches on the bottom of your tires will grip in a predictable way. That's a thing you need to know. Hit an unexpected patch of motor oil or sand or wet leaves, or run through a puddle that's actually not just a puddle but a deep pothole, and suddenly the ground beneath you comes up to say hi in crunchily unpleasant ways. You want to know that the foundation underneath you is solid and consistent. We want that path before us to be solid, or at least semi-solid, or at least predictable. Because when everything is unpredictable and something doesn't do the same thing in the same way twice, that's not fun, it's not joyous, it's not life-giving, it's not exciting, it's the kind of chaos that's just a mess, sort of like most of my Facebook experience this morning. We don't like that. And Lord knows we are feeling that more and more these days. It is so hard to live in the face of constant and churning uncertainty. You think you have something down, and the next thing you know, you don't. You think you know what tomorrow is going to bring, and then it's something completely different. Complete uncertainty unsettles the soul. It leaves us with nothing with which to ground ourselves, no sense of how things are meant to be. And it's into that challenging truth of our time that we find the first letter of Peter speaking this morning. This letter is written in a complex and sophisticated Greek, which generally isn't what you would expect from a Galilean fisherman. It speaks eloquently and at great length about the dynamics of endurance and what's necessary to live together as God's people. The images from this section of the letter seem particularly tied to Peter's own identity, to Peter's own sense of call. Peter, after all, was not originally named Peter. Peter was, in the Greek, Petros, or Cephas, in the Aramaic and Hebrew, was the name that Jesus had given to Simon the fisherman, and it means nothing more and nothing less than the rock, which of course always gets us thinking about Dwayne Johnson, which then gets us to thinking about how if we were to cast a Bible movie about the early church, that would be both a great choice and kind of a weird choice, or at least it gets me thinking about that. Anywho, when Peter is told by Jesus that he is the rock on which the church is to be founded, back in Matthew 16, 18, there is a potent resonance between that passage and this section of this letter. Jesus, we hear, is the cornerstone upon which the church is founded. 
but that identity doesn't seem to belong just to Jesus. We are, or so this passage tells us, living stones being built into a spiritual house, and as such, we share in Peter's calling. We are foundational. We are, in our own being, stones who build up the church, the core of what Jesus offers, of what our faith offers us. And that's the moral essence of this teaching. We are asked to let our faith be that thing that makes us solid for one another. What does that mean? What does it mean to be that for one another? That's laid out in the very first verse of this chapter, which unfortunately is left out of this lectionary reading today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 lays out what it means to be rock, to be solid, rather simply. It says, rid yourselves, therefore of all malice, all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. That's what's meant by being part of the stones that build up the church. And that's a challenge that presents before us today, is here we gather or attempt to gather on social media. A place where being rid of malice falsehood, envy, and slander can be a challenge. But that's what we are asked to do as Christians. In times of chaos, in times when things are hard, our goal is not to emulate or replicate the mess around us in our own souls. The structures and graces we bring to the world help shape how that world takes shape, and even as we might look to the world around us and see only mess, we don't have to be that mess. No repeat that. We don't have to contribute to that. We do not have to be the mess. And you might not feel that that's going to be easy, because Lord knows things feel messy these days. We might not feel particularly solid. We who know the truth of our souls are aware of every flaw, every crack, every bit of squish and slop and failing in ourselves. But we are called to understand that for all of our imperfections, we can, if we embrace the path of Christ, be solid ground for one another. That word of grace we choose to offer someone can build up another soul's day. That moment of forgiveness can make the difference between another soul standing or falling. We can be the rock for one another. We can be the stones upon which the church is built because we are all the church. And you might think, no, I can't be that thing. You might think, no, I don't have that strength. When things are hard, when things are chaotic, when things seem all up in the air, it is difficult to see how we might be that ourselves personally. It's so much easier to give in to the idea that when times get rough, we're just going to come apart and everything is going to collapse. There was a wonderful story circulating this last week 
um, one that played off part of our fear that when things come apart, we'll come apart. All of you probably in high school, I know I certainly did, read William Golding's The Fly, Lord of the Flies, this book about a bunch of boys who end up on a, an island and things start out feral and they get worse and their efforts to make a society together to care for one another fall apart and they turn on one another and everything goes south. And that story shapes some of the way we understand ourselves. If things get bad, we're just all going to turn on one another. It's going to be terrible. And yet this week there was another tale, one that was making the rounds of a group of young men who found themselves in exactly that circumstance. A half dozen teen boys who found themselves on a desert island, stranded for 15 months. A full-on Lord of the Flies situation, only they managed to make it happen. On an island that offered almost nothing, they found that they could fish together, they could gather water together, they found ways to keep themselves graciously connected to one another, and rather than seeking their own interest and competing with each other and pressing against one another, they simply agreed that when things got rough, they would set aside their challenges and make sure that they were still taking care of one another. They survived that time, a time that as challenged as we might feel now, my fears of economy and fears that we'll never quite get this Facebook Live thing right. That in all of that, having a spirit of graciousness towards one another, keeping Christ's grace in front of us, setting aside malice and guile and insincerity and envy and ill words against one another. If we set all of those things aside and live in grace, there is nothing we cannot work our way through. We can be the living stones that build up God's gracious church in the world. We can be that solid foundation on which others can lean and stand and trust so long as we together rest on Christ's grace. All of that now we recall as our hope in this challenging and trying time. Let that certainty of your calling rest with you and with me. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Williams, for an inspiring message. The Congregation of Poolsville Presbyterian Church would like to thank you, the listener, for joining us, and we hope that today's message helps you grow in God's grace. We end today's message with our benediction. Well, there's more music and there are other readings that I would offer up if our audio interface was functioning this morning, but as it is not, we're just going to wrap things up for the time being and try to figure out a way to get this better working next week, or at least working as well as it was on Wednesday when we tested the whole system before. So this has been 
Poolsville Presbyterian Church offering you up a worship for this Sunday. And I'd ask you to tune in again next week, and we'll see if we can do this right this time. Uh, in the meantime, remember that you can be a rock to those around you, that the church is built up of folks who rest on the common foundation of Christ's grace, and that when you manifest that grace to another person in your life, you are doing something foundational and good and sustaining, and that you are being the church in the world, which is all of our calling. Let that be, no matter what your struggles and challenges this week, the way that you help build up those around us. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us, today and tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen.